In our previous segments on the formation of partnerships, we discussed the creation of traditional partnerships with or without a Kenyan, and we discussed the question of whether halacha recognizes the modern legal notion of a corporation as a separate legal entity, or views corporations simply as glorified partnerships with particular rules. In this final segment, we consider another form of partnership, the de facto or automatic partnership. There are situations where individuals don't explicitly agree to become partners, but Halacha recognizes that they share a common need. Something has to be done, and they'll all benefit from doing that thing. Even if they don't actually agree to become partners and do that thing, Halacha sometimes imposes that upon them, and the, the individuals have the right to compel each other to contribute toward the joint need. Mishnah Baba Basra says, you have a chatzar, a yard, with multiple residents, and some of them want to build a beit shar. Rashi says that's a guardhouse for the shomer hachatzar, for, for the shomer pesach for, for a guard, not to keep people out, but Rashi says it's to marchik is p'nei rishasarabim, for privacy, to prevent people from peeking into the chatzar, the delas lachatzar, and a door, the door so they can lock it, either for security or also for privacy, so if some members of the Chatzar want it and others don't, the ones who want it can compel the other ones to contribute toward building those things. Similarly, the Mishnah goes on later, for a city, some members of the city want certain things and some don't. The ones who want can force the other ones to build chama, a wall, doors, briach, a bar that's used for security. So again, some want it, some don't want it. The ones who want it can say, we all need this. And even though you've, you haven't necessarily explicitly agreed to become partners and to contribute to this, the ones who want it can force the other ones to contribute toward, toward these projects. There's a similar sugya in Bav Metziah. The Gemara says, Amr of Yehuda, Denara, they have to dig out a river. The river is filled with sediment. Rashi explains that there's rocks and things that prevent the water from flowing. They have to dig it out and dredge it so the water can flow. So le so le carrier so le le carrier denara tasoi misai eloi eloi lo misai tasoi the lower ones the ones who are downstream have to help the upper ones uh, the upper ones clear the river eloi but the upper ones don't have to help the lower ones rashi explains tasoi misai eloi that the that when when there's some kind of blockage obstruction upstream and those who are upstream are clearing that, then the ones who are downstream will also benefit from that clearing. They have to help them, because if there's a block upstream, they won't get water either. So they, they benefit, and they need that clearing as well. So the ones who are upstream can force all the downstream people to help them in clearing the river. However, the elyonim ain't srichim l'seyayasetachtonim. The ones who are, if the block is downstream, and the upstream ones don't care that they, they, they don't get anything out of they, they don't get anything out of the out of the downstream ones clearing it. Their, their water is flowing, so that, that's a need that, that that only the downstream people have. So they have to do it themselves, and they can't force the upstream people to help them. The simple principle that those who need, all those who need it can compel each other to jointly contribute, but if the need is specific to certain people, they can't force other people to help them. The Gemara says the chiluf of Maya Demitra. If you have sewer, if you have wastewater that's flowing away, Rashi says Maya Dimitra is the, if the water stays around, it'll cause mud and it'll damage the roads. 
So then, then, then the opposite principle applies. So Rashi explains that the that the elyonim trichim l'seyayetzertachtonim. If there's a block downstream and the water is going to back up, so the downstream ones can tell the upstream ones, if you don't help us clean this, you're going to have a problem too, because all, all the water upstream of this block is going to is going to cause trouble. So you need this as well. So in this case, the the, the downstream ones can force the upstream ones to help them. However, the other way around, tachtonim elyonim l'seyayetzertachtonim. If there's a block, if there's a, if there's a block upstream and, and it's sewer water, the downstream ones don't care. If you have a block upstream, our water is flowing away. Your water is staying where it is. That means I'm getting less sewer water. That's not a problem for me. The downstream don't need that, so so, so they don't get anything out of clearing the upstream. So if it's sewer, then that's how it works. While if it's irrigation, then it is the reverse. The Gemara brings Tani Namihachi in the Brisa. Chamesh Gino Samistapkos Mayan Echad. There are five gardens that are supplied with irrigation water from a spring, and that spring is damaged and has to be repaired. If the block is upstream, then everyone downstream has to join the upstream one in fixing it because they all benefit from that fixing. The one who's downstream has to fix, at whatever point in the river the Mayan the block is, the Taktona benefits from, from all, of, all the fixing, so he has to help everyone. But also, he has to fix his own if the block occurs all the way downstream where he is, and he has to fix it by himself. The ones who are upstream don't get anything out of his, uh, his unblocking his part of the river, because they have the water they need, so, so they don't have to help him when the block is downstream. And then the reverse case as well, There are five chatseros that pour their wastewater into one trench, into one ditch that, that, that uh, channels the water away from them. Habiv and, and that sewer line is damaged. Kula if the if the blockage is somewhere downstream, everyone upstream of that has to join the downstream one in correcting the problem because they all benefit from the sewer taking their water away. the one who's upstream will have to will have to help all the lower ones to fix it here because wherever the block is downstream of him, he always benefits from having that sewer line cleared, so he has to join them. if the sewer line is broken where he is. He's upstream, he has to fix it himself, but the ones who are downstream, they can say, we don't care, if, if, if your sewer is blocked, then you have a problem. We're getting less sewer water, that's fine with us, so we don't share your needs, then you have to fix it by yourself. So again, the principle in all these cases is the same, the principle is very simple. The principle is very simple, that when people share a common need, all those who share that particular need have to contribute jointly to, the, to, to, solve it, to solving that need, to taking care of it, and that if one of them is reluctant, the other ones can say, if one of them is recalcitrant, the other ones can say, you need this also, and you have to, you have to join us in paying for it. The Nesivas, Nesivas and Mishpat, articulate this as a general principle. He says, and he explains it, he says, When you have two people, even if they're not partners, they haven't entered into any formal agreement, there's a general rule, anything that is a necessity for both of them, one of them doesn't want to do it, he wants to freeload off the other one who's going to pay for it, the other one can say, no, you need this as well as I do, and therefore you have to join me in paying for it. Rael is a proof. So first he brings the mission of Basra, similarly with the Mavoy and the Chatzar, he brings the various halachas that when people share a share a yard, a mavo, an alley, or a city, they can force each other to pay for certain joint needs. 
and he brings various examples of that. Another example from the from the Rishonim that the Ramah brings: There was a case where hostile actors were causing trouble for various Jewish communities, and they had to spend money to avert the threat. So any city that was threatened by these uh, by these uh, hostiles. So that the cities can force each other and say, look, we paid them off, we're solving the problem, but the problem affects you as well. These people can cause trouble for you as well, so you have to pay us, because we all need this, and you can't just freeload off us. This is a need we jointly share, even though we haven't signed any, we haven't entered into any formal mutual aid pact, but we all need this, and therefore if we pay for it, we can force you to join us and pay your share. Nasivas has a question, there's a halacha, makifes chavero, that if I build a fence that benefits my neighbor as well, he can say, you built the fence for yourself. The fact that I benefit from it also, if you didn't spend anything extra on the fence for me, so I benefit from it for you didn't spend anything extra for me, so I so then you have no right to bill me. So how does that square with this principle that if we have a joint need and someone someone wants to spend the money on it, he can force other people to join him? Nesiva says, yeah, that's not an absolute need. That's, that's optional. That, that's a luxury. Why? In that case, a wall, a wall might be the most secure, the, the, the Cadillac option, but there are cheaper options. You can pay for Nitirusa Barzuza. You can pay for guards at a much cheaper rate. So then, if you went the, the more expensive route, you can't force the other person to join you. But if it's a genuine need, and there's no way around it, and it's clear to based in that this is a this is an absolute need that both parties share. They can force each other to contribute to the to the joint need. Vidavra something which is necessary for both of them. Bamas Kofin says that Talacha would be they could force each other. And then he brings the other examples. He brings the Tasefta, the Pneha Bika, people who live in together in Arab, with arable land. They, they can force each other, Lasus Kharit, to Ben Kharitz. Different types of different types of infrastructure that their properties need. Alma the Khaldavar Hamukrochlishnaim, anything the principle is, anything necessary for both of them, the Efshirla Echad Lasakin La Atmo Achi Achi Yasukan Gamkain Khelaka Acher. If it's something where you can do your part and I'll do my part, good, so you do your part and I'll and I'll do my part if I want, and don't make me pay for it. Mind your own business. But if it's something where Whenever I solve mine, it's ner echad ner lamea. There's one expenditure which will solve the problem for everyone, and we all need it. So then there's no way to split it into our separate parts. Then I can force you to contribute toward it. Then he brings the raya from the dinim we saw in Bav Chamesh Chatseros, there are five Chatseros that have either a sewer or, or the other case of the, of the irrigation. So all those who need it can force the others to contribute. Nesiva says, why? Why can they do that? That, uh, why is it your business? I need it also. I need it, but that's my business. If I want it, I'll do it. If I don't want it, I won't do it. If you do it, I'll freeload off you. Why can I do that? You see, it doesn't work like that. So then Nesiva says, the rule is, once you need it, if I, if I need it myself, and, and, we're, and we're separate, you can do yours and I'll do mine, I don't want to do mine, so I won't do it. You're going to look over my shoulder and say, well, you really need it, so why don't you do it? Not your business. If I, if, if, I, if I don't want to do it, I won't do it. But if it's a common need, if it's something we both need, it's, it's not an option. It's not like the case in, of Makif and Nika, where it's optional, I can pay for something cheaper and, and, uh, and uh, something less expensive. But if it's something we all need, I can't just say, mind your own business. If I want it, I'll do it. If not, not. You can say, no, you need it, and there's one expenditure for both of us, and therefore you have to pay me, and you have to pay 
you have to pay your share. That's the principle that the Nesivas establishes based on the, the two Gemaras we saw, the Mishnah and the Gemara and Baba Basra and Baba Ntia, various other rayas, that this is an established principle that when there's a joint need, there's a kind of automatic shutfus created that shutfin can force it, that people can force each other to contribute toward joint needs, and one of them can't just say, it's my business whether I want to pay for it or not. If you want to do it, you do it, and I'll freeload off you. You can't do that. If we jointly need it, they can force each other to contribute toward the joint need. One interesting possible application of this occurs in a discussion of contemporary poskim about how to view modern government. So traditionally, the Gemara's paradigm for government is either Melech, the, the Gemara talks about the halachas of the king, or Dina de Malchus Adina, the principle that, uh, that the government's laws, that when the government makes rules, those, those rules, those laws are binding on citizens, even on Jews, under the principle of Dina de Malchus Adina. Dina de Malchus Adina has restrictions, has certain limitations. The post can have discussed other paradigms for viewing modern government, so Rav Shol Yisraeli suggests that modern government is a form of partnership. He writes, Elections for positions of authority and government. We don't view it as giving them authority, srara, like the kings of old. Public servants today are simply agents, are, 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 are shluchim of the public. The public picks officers to run the country. The analogy is to a shutfus. We have a shutfus. Partners may not want to be hands-on. They may not want to run the operation personally all the time. So they select from among themselves as they pick from among themselves or they can hire outside officers, executives to run the business. And that, that person is not a king. He doesn't have authority over them. He's there. He, he might have the power to run the business, but he has no power over the owners. On the contrary, his power derives from the owners. The owners hire him to run the business, and that's where he derives his authority. He can give directions, and, and, and they have to be carried out. His authority derives from the people, from the owners. The truth is, some Rishonim understand Dinim Melchusadina that way as well. The Rashbam famously explains that Dinim Melchusadina that his power in a very modern uh, John Locke kind of, uh, Thomas Jefferson kind of view of government, the Rashbam says that the, that the authority of the king, the reason the king is recognized by Halacha as having authority, is because the people choose him. Maybe not in a modern democratic sense, but there is an implicit acceptance of the king by the people. They know they need a leader. But Rabbi Yisraeli is saying that, that, that the government today is, is, is even more than the kings of old. Government today, we simply view him as the officer of a corporation. We all understand that the officer of a, of a company, the officer of a corporation, he's not the king and the boss over the shareholders. On the contrary, they elect him. In practice, he sometimes has more power than they do, but in theory, at least, in theory, at least he serves at their pleasure. They select him, and that's the way he wants to look at modern government. Rav Ezra Batsri in Dini Mominus is... Very unhappy, uh, very unhappy with this. He says, if you look at it like this, modern governments are just like businesses that have officers who run the, and you have to, who run, who run the country, who run the governmental affairs. We have to try to shoehorn the, the halachic perspective on modern government into a paradigm of, shutr, of shutfus. He says, this is not going to work very well. He says, if you try to view government from the lens, through the lens of shutfus, he says, We're going to end up 
with some very strange conclusions, he says. Ledugma. He says, Yisoda Shutfus, the foundation of Shutfus, is Ratzon, is consent, is will to enter into a Shutfus. Nobody can force somebody else to be a Shutf, says Rabatri. Vimkach, Nidan al if you try to view government as a form of Shutfus, Kol Ezra Medina, Shayomer, Shainarotzili, Shutf, any citizen who wants to secede, who wants to say, I don't want to be a partner in this government, I want to, I, I want to secede from the United States government, Yifsuk Malia Shutf, he won't be a Shutf anymore. Kol Mishalab Bachar Miritzono, Anyone who hasn't chosen to enter into the Shutfus won't be a member of the Shutfus. And how can they draft into the army, he says? It'll be against Halacha. You can't force it. How can they force him to pay taxes? He doesn't want to be a Shutf. Everything is against Halacha, he says. Even if they, even if the Shutfun agreed to the army and the taxation, he says, that only refers to people who agreed. But if someone says, I don't agree, how can you force them to join the Shutfus? How can you punish criminals? The criminals say, you know, we don't want to be part of this partnership anymore. Can a Shutf do such a thing, he says? He says... That, that if we if we try to if we try to insist and go down this path that halacha views modern government as a form of shutfus, lo then nothing the Knesset or municipal government will do will be valid according to halacha. The Ainzel absurd. This is just self-evidently absurd. He says the whole paradigm doesn't make any sense. But the truth is, Rabatri's claim that the yisod of the shutfus is ratzon, that the yisod of shutfus is consent. That's true, that, that traditional, ordinary shutfus, the kind we're going to be learning about mostly in our study of shutfus, are indeed based on the bedrock of Ratzon. But as we've seen in this segment, there is such a thing as shutfus that's not based on consent. There is, there is, a, there is an automatic shutfus. Halacha sometimes recognizes that when people share a mutual need, they can force each other to contribute toward that need. So it certainly is a big step to jump from these fairly narrow examples of infrastructure projects that members of a chatzer or a city need or, or people who use a river need to, to, the, to the much broader idea of Rabbi Israeli to say that the citizens of a country can force each other into a shutfus, but this would at least be uh, the first step, a, a, a sort of precedent, a basic precedent for the idea, not every shutfus depends on Ratzon. Rabatri says, Yisoda shutfus hu Ratzon, that shutfus is, the sin qua non of shutfus is Ratzon, that's not entirely true. As in the various examples we've considered here, there is such a thing as a shutfus, which is not based on Ratzon. Halacha sometimes says, if there's a clear and objective need, and we can argue that the need for government is a, is a clear and undeniable need, you know, there are some people who think anarchy can work, but Halacha probably doesn't really accept that. In Malay Mara, Ishus Reuchayim below, anarchy is not a, not a system Halacha is in favor of in general. So we, we could argue, it's certainly a big extension of the early sources, but it could possibly be argued Halacha does recognize the idea that people can sometimes force each other into a shutfus if there is a clear and uh, clear and definite need that they jointly share, and, and, and there, has, there has to be a government. So again, it's not the same thing as forcing each other to contribute to infrastructure, but, but this is at least the, the, a possible basis for the idea that there is such a thing as a shutfus, which maybe can be a basis of a, can be a model for modern government, which is not totally based on Ratzon. People can find themselves forced into a shutfus, even if they say that they don't actually want to be a part of this shutfus.